This is Three Valleys Radio. It's Friday night and it's time for the racing show. And this week it's all things Cheltenham as we approach the great festival next week. So on the show tonight we've got Richard Phillips. Dave Wilson, Colin Brown, Joe Tizard, and Simon Holt from The Sporting Life. So sit back and let us mark your card for the great Cheltenham Festival. Well, good evening and welcome to The Racing Show. And this is Eddie Hopper here and we're all getting very, very excited now because, of course, Cheltenham is just around the corner and uh, we should be covering Cheltenham as we normally do. We'll have a show every night starting on Monday the 13th, going right through to the end of the festival when Colin Brown will be here to give you his ideas of what's going to win. But let's get started with all the racing news with Mike Pudden. Hello and a very warm welcome along to this week's edition of the Racing News, with all the news that is the news across the racing media, including Racing TV, The Sporting Life and The Racing Post. Here's our first story today. BHA Chief Executive Julie Harrington has insisted racing's new whip rules were not introduced to appease people who will, quote, never love the sport. The change to the rules around the use of the whip has drawn strong criticism, with 13-time champion jumps trainer Paul Nichols on Friday slamming the timing of its introduction before the Cheltenham Festival, which starts on March 14th. Nichols said the BHA needed, quote, a bit of backbone to stand up for the sport. Whip suspensions were given to 19 jockeys in the first week the rules were introduced, from February 13th. A further 12 riders were suspended after the Whip Review Committee convened for a second time this week. Harrington said, I'm obviously disappointed to hear those comments, but actually it does take backbone to make some unpopular decisions. We know there is huge passion on either side of the debate about the whip and I have to be strong in that we are not pandering to those who will never love the sport. What we are trying to do is make sure the sport is fair and that it is as attractive as possible to those who don't have a strong opinion either way on the sport. Everybody would agree that there's different sides and schools of thought on whether the whip is a welfare issue, but I think everybody does agree that it is a perception issue for the sport. It would be negligent of us to know that and sit and do nothing about it. For those people who work closely with horses, and the whip review panel on our behalf was filled with people who do so, their strong recommendation was to continue to keep the whip for encouragement because they believe it is not a welfare issue. The whip is recognised as a useful tool in horsemanship in terms of to engage, give its best and get around the course safely. 
I do not believe the whip is an issue of welfare, but I am also leading a sport where I know there is a huge passionate debate on both sides and difference of opinion. The whip can be used by jockeys six times on the flat and seven times over jumps under the new rules, a reduction of one strike, with disqualification for their mount if they go four or more times over that threshold. Jockey suspensions for offences are also more severe. Harrington said on Racing TV's Luck on Sunday, There is the issue of fairness and we needed to make sure there is sufficient deterrent to riding outside of the rules and there isn't a win-at-any-cost mentality. There's never a good time to make changes and making changes is difficult. There will always be people who disagree, but there is a clear understanding that those rules are in place now and it's up to the jockeys to ride within those rules. We've been really pleased seeing our hard riders have worked to make these adjustments and I commend them for that. Bans are doubled if the offence takes place in Class 1 and 2 races. Lorcan Williams, a rider based with Nichols, will miss the Cheltenham Festival after receiving an 18-day suspension for overuse of the whip on Prestige Novices' hurdle winner Making Your Mind Up last month. Four days of Williams's 18-day ban were for using the whip above shoulder height, a rule that has proved contentious and has led to some jockeys having to adapt their style to compete within the rules. Next here on the Racing News. Paul Nichols admits he finds it difficult to watch his daughter Olive ride in any race and those emotions will intensify this month when she tackles the St James's Place Hunter's Chase at the Cheltenham Festival before a shot at Aintree's equivalent. Olive, an accomplished equestrian in other disciplines, partnered her first winner under rules on Wednesday and is set to get the leg up on one of her father's former horses for her first ride at the festival. Nichols said, She'll ride the old schoolmaster Chantal Flyer at Cheltenham. He's been around there a few times and is a lovely ride. Natalie Parker will ride secret investor in the race for us and Charlie Sprake will partner Cat Tiger. Chantal Flyer, a 10-time winner, was placed in various races at the festival from 2018 to 2021, including the Hunter's Chase in 2019 and 2020. The similarly experienced Magic Saint gave the rider her first taste of success at Wincanton and is being aimed at the Fox Hunters chase over Aintree's big fences next month. Nichols continued, It was super. Watching every race makes me nervous, but she's done lots of pony racing and mixes race riding with eventing, so she's got lots of experience. Obviously, she's in a lucky situation that we can provide her with some nice horses to ride, but at the same time, she does a nice job. The nine-year-old Magic Saint has plundered valuable handicap chases at Newbury and Cheltenham and has experience over the Grand National Course, having run in the 2021 Topham. Nichols said, Magic Saint is a lovely horse. He's had plenty of problems, but if we can keep him in one piece, he'll go to Aintree and hopefully give Olive a lovely ride around there. It'll be quite nerve-wracking, but she's looking forward to it. Next, here on the Racing News. Derby County fanatic Andrew Mitchell warned Harry Derham he did not...
runners for fear of missing his beloved Rams. But he was all smiles after Dargianini provided him with his first win in the seniors' handicap hurdle. The owner, who is based near Matlock, runs a cricket retail business and it was through the sport that he was able to link up with Durham. Accompanied by his wife Julie, Mitchell said, I was at a dinner at Lord's and was sat on a table with a guy called Mark Wallace, who is the boyfriend of Amy Derham, Harry's sister. We got talking about horses, and the plan was to buy a horse to name after my father. But Harry then got hold of me, and we realised that it would take 18 months or so. But this horse was available. However, Derby's League One encounter with Shrewsbury was not far from the owner's mind. I'm a big fan and have had to miss the match today, said Mitchell, who now also owns a youngster to honour his father, Les. I told Harry, no Saturdays, I don't miss football. He told me we had to race on Saturdays and if we'd have been in the first, I'd have dashed and got there for half-time. It's Shrewsbury today, a massive one. Dargianini's success also marked Derham's first winner as a trainer at Newbury, which is local to his Lambourne yard. He said, I'd been really excited to have runners here for the last two days. I love this track and really thought this lad would win. I had my first winner as a professional jockey here, steering one around for Paul Nichols. I won by about a million lengths and the poor horse never scored again because I'd won too far. It's a lovely place to have as your local track and I was able to ride out four lots this morning before coming here. With the headline Bite Bounces Back, here's our next story. The Big Bite, who was without a win since November 2020, ended that sequence in style by capturing the Greatwood Gold Cup, the card's Bet Victor sponsored feature. He runs in the colours of Neil Griffith and Hedda Haddock, who said... This has been a long time coming, and he's been frustrating. But a bit of patience has paid off. Trained by Henry Oliver and ridden by Jonathan Burke, the Big Bite ran in the Champions Bumper at Cheltenham in 2018 and the following year's Supreme. Haddock added, We've had a few horses with Henry over the seasons and try to be big supporters of him. I nearly lost faith in the horse, but he is a favourite, a firm one. We're farmers and I've had horses all my life, but today is right up there with my best days in racing. And with the headline of Dennis Delight, here's our next story. David Dennis made it back-to-back wins in the veterans' chase thanks to Cyclop. He's had a special place in my heart, said the Banbury race trainer, who was successful in the race 12 months ago with Indy 5. He was one of the first horses I bought when I started training, and he's been an absolute star. He's won over £130,000, and we're in a Saturday race. But he's never been a Saturday horse who would grab the headlines. He's always there, though, and runs his race. He's been great for everyone involved. Those involved include Lorna Hardwick, a professor of classical studies and ancient history. She's at her godson's wedding and was torn between the two. Dennis, a former jockey, added, I think she was a bit disappointed to miss this, as she'd already worked out that she wouldn't be able to watch the race from where she is. 
Cyclop was ridden by Theo Gillard, who enjoyed a fine day at the office after also winning the two-mile half-furlong handicap hurdle on fruit and nut. And with the headline of Double Trouble, here's our next story. Paul Nichols is fond of a Newbury winner, and bagged too, thanks to Flash Kalongis in a two-mile, seven-and-a-half furlong novice handicap chase and the impressive See You In My Dreams in the bumper, with both written by Harry Cobden. Nichols said, I only bought Flash Kalongis because he had Neptune Kalongis, who won the Grand National for us in his pedigree. He's got a real old-fashioned staying pedigree and would literally gallop all day. Harry had never sat on the mare in the bumper. He said he thought he'd win going to the start, though, because she felt so good. And from the production team, they found some quotes of the week, which they thought might cheer up the end of the news. Our first one comes from Nicky Henderson, who admits he struggles to find a horse able to keep up with Constitution Hill following a gallop at Kempton on Tuesday. The quote is, I've been hunting the country for a miler, who I was going to get to jump in halfway down the back straight, but I couldn't find one. I haven't got one, and Michael is going to have to buy me one. Our next quote of the week comes from Gordon Elliott, who voices his fears about losing races as a result of the new whip rules at this year's Cheltenham Festival. He said, It's actually hard to believe it's come to this. It's like Brexit coming in. Nobody realised what was going to happen until it happened, and something similar is after happening here. For the Irish lads riding at Cheltenham, it's going to be very tricky. Our next quote comes from assistant trainer Johnson White, as he reveals his first introduction to his boss Philip Hobbs ahead of the pair's new joint licence. He said, My mum introduced me to Sarah Hobbs and the governor, who asked what I wanted to do when I was older. I said I wanted to be a jockey, and he looked at my feet, size 12, and said I had absolutely no chance. My dreams were dashed very early on. Our next quote comes from Arnie Kaplan, who pays tribute to Best Mates owner Jim Lewis following his death at the age of 88. He said, Jim was a great man. I called him Big Brother, and he called me Little Brother. He was blessed not embarrassed that he had this horse and he shared it with everybody. Best mate was the people's horse. Our next quote comes from Paul Nichols as he expresses his confidence in Brave Man's game ahead of his bid for gold, Cup Glory. He said, He's definitely in the mix. I think he's the best staying chaser in England. He's probably proved that, but now he's got to go and run the biggest race of his life. Our next quote is from Danny Mullins, as he remains cautious ahead of Cheltenham Festival tilts with Flooring Porter and Princess Zoe. He said, The Dublin Racing Festival was great, and to ride three Grade 1 winners there was brilliant. But I went into Christmas with a great book of rides and no winners. You never know what can happen in this game. And our final quote of the week comes from Les Air, as he voices his frustrations with racing after the North Yorkshire-based trainer called time on his career. He said, I've had a good innings, but it's not the game it was. When I came into racing, the jockey club ran things, not the bookies. The industry is going downhill fast. 
Well, that's our racing news for the week, with all the news that is the news from across the racing media, including Racing TV, The Racing Post and The Sporting Life. I'm Mike Patton, and join us again next time for the racing news. Thanks for listening. Well, that was Mike Patton there with all the racing news from the racing media, and our thanks to The Racing Post and The Sporting Life and Racing TV for all their uh, assistance in this. Right. Let's work out now where we can go racing this weekend. Right, well, there are eight races on the flat at Wolverhampton on the all-weather with a 12.55 start. There are seven races over the jumps at Sundown with a 1.15 start. Seven races over the jumps at Air with a 1.35 start. Seven races over the jumps at Hereford with a 1.55 start. And seven races on the flat at Chelmsford on the all-weather with a 5.25 start. And on Sunday, there are six races over the jumps at Market Raisin, 1.33 start. Seven races over the jumps at Limerick in Ireland, 1.40 start. Seven races over the jumps at Warwick with a 1.50 start. Seven races over the jumps at Nass in Ireland with a 1.57 start. And racing in Sharjah at the United Arab Emirates. Well, now it's time for our Equine Superstars feature. And this week, we're looking at Nashwan. Remember Nashwan with Wooly Carson on board? Well, he's the focus this week. Equine Superstars. This week, we look at Nashwan. Nashwan was foaled on the 1st of March 1986 in the US of A. The chestnut stallion was by a blushing groom out of height of fashion. Nashwan was owned and bred by Hamdan Almutum and trained by Major Dick Hearn at West Ilsley in Berkshire and ridden in all his races by Woolly Carson. Nashwan won a total of £793,248 and his major race wins were in 1988 the Autumn Stakes, in 1989 the 2000 Guineas, the Epsom Derby, the Eclipse Stakes, the King George and Queen Elizabeth Stakes. Nashwan was given a time form rating of 135. At the end of his racing career in 1989, Nashwan was retired to stud. But that's it, they're lined up. And they break away, and a pretty level break it was too. And as they come through the first furlong, expect to see Polar Run in front with a red cap, and Polar Run is going on to make it a strong pace. With in second place, Flopton Zone, third is Kakowithis, Lying Handy Classic Fame, Nashwan in the blue jacket is settled five, Torjun racing pace, uh, racing fast up on the outside of Kakowithis. They swing right-handed and continue to make this stiff uphill climb. And it's Polar Run leading by three parts of the length to his stable companion, Kakowithis, with Torjun uh, on the inside of that racing third. Then Warshan and Flockton Zone, and behind these uh, comes Ildeniski mid-division, then comes Warshan. Nashwan follows these, the back marker is Mill Pond. 
but it's Polar Run leading by three parts of the length of Torjun on the inside. Kakoisi is well placed at the end of the first half mile is third. Ildeniski pulls through into four. Then in behind these as they pass the mile post comes Nashwan on the rank outside of Flockton Zone. Then Grand Alban, Nashwan mid-division, then Classic Fame and Prince of Dance. And so they head at the far uh, point, furthest point from the stands. And Torjun with seven furlongs to race comes up on the inside of Polar Run. And it's a lung bursting pace. And it's Torjun now who takes it up from in second place polar run who's pulled wide to allow kakoethes to go through but nashwan makes his run wider still ildeniski in behind these in warshard and then comes flockton's own terrymon is the back marker uh, sharing last place with mill pond but they begin the descent to tatnam corner and at this stage a favorite nashwan in the blue jacket is well placed in fourth on the outside of the rank outside of flockton zone but it's Kakoethes in front now as they begin the descent and with just over four furlongs to go. Torju next to the rails, Kakoethes cruising on the outside of him. Then behind these comes Ildeniski, Nashwan now pushed along in four, but Greville Starkey goes for home with three furlongs to go in the ever-ready derby. Kakoethes pressed on the outside by Ildeniski, but here comes Nashwan with a good-looking split. Torju and back in four. They race down towards the two furlong marker and the duel we expected is materialising. Nashwan that goes on. It's Nashwan and Willie Carson, a length ahead of Kakamithis and Rebel Starkey. A furlong and a half to go in the derby. And Nashwan has it. Kakamithis in second place. And back in third is Terrymon. But inside the final furlong, Nashwan provides an electrifying burst of speed. It's a one horse race. Willie Carson in the drive position. Nashwan wins it easily at the line. Nashwan. Willie Carson and Nashwan beats Gravel Starkey. Well, of course, we were highlighting the derby there, and a, uh, a derby classic, really. Nashwan, he did very well uh, with Willie Carson on board. But, of course, it's all about Cheltenham this week. And uh, this week, I popped over to see Joe Tizard at Melbourne Port to see exactly what his string was looking like in readiness for the big event. So this is what Joe had to say. Well, morning, Joe. Thanks for seeing me. Um... First and foremost, I don't know how long it is now, but it must be pushing on a year since you've taken control. Um, how's it going? Yeah, no, it's going well. Had a, having a good, um, having a goodish season. It, I mean, you know, the buck stops for me, so it's it's hard work. But um, but I'm not complaining. You know, having a nice season. Seem to be having a lot of seconds at the moment. I had six seconds the last three days in yeah. in a winner, but um, at least they're running well. So. Yeah, no, not complaining. We sort of said at the start of the season, if I got to a million pound in prize money, and um, then that was sort of rather than numbers of winners, that's what I more look at. And and mm. we seem to be heading in the right direction. So we've, we've a couple of months left. Have you found it, you know, very very different, or is it more or less just carrying on as you've been doing in the past? Oh no, definitely different. You know, dad's dad's about, and he's there to help when he wants, but he. He's also he's but he's left leaving it to me. So, you know, I'm making all the decisions and um and dealing with all the owners and staff and press and everything. So it's it's you know, it's it's a big business and it takes a lot of running. How many horses have you got here now then? We've got about just over a hundred in training. Yeah. Um, which is where we've been for, for for some years now. So like that's not suddenly changed, you know, that's where we, we knew what I was going into. Mm. Yeah, quite. And and father has he sort of enjoyed his uh retirement as it were yeah he is yeah he's got plenty to keep himself occupied and 
does a bit on the farm and he's up around the horses most mornings and you know I can get him to go racing when I need him to so yeah no he's certainly about and um keeping himself occupied well that's good to hear now um we just said when I got off air that you know Cheltenham is just around the corner two weeks away so I thought that's why I came over this week really because I thought you're going to be slightly less busy this week than next week so hence the reason I've come today but um can we go through I mean, I've looked at the um, I don't know if all of these are actually physically going to run, but they've been entered that I can find, I can make out. Yeah. Um, if we can go through them a minute and just see what you think about it. Starting on Tuesday, you've got a big breakaway. Now, now, you know, what's his chances? Well, he runs in the Ultima. I'll probably run two in that. I'll run him and um, Oscar's Elite in that race. Right. He, um, the big breakaway, he's had a lovely season. He's finished second in two very competitive races so far. Um, you know, he's going to go to Cheltenham. He'd like it if it rained a little bit. He, you know, he, he loves he loves a bit of softer ground, and he, and he gets he gets he gets further. So um, so a bit more rain certainly wouldn't wouldn't mm. hurt. But um, he's in the form of his life, and um, and it, it'd give him a great each way chance. And then he'd be on to the national. You know, the the Grand yeah. Nationals is his main aim this year. Oscar's elite. He was third in this race last year. Ran a blinder. Um, so quiet first half of the season, but bounced right back in the Reynolds Town at um, Ascot a couple of weeks ago. That was a grade two as a novice. There is an option of supplementing him for the Browns advisory, which used to be the three mile novice because he's still a novice, and then we'll, we'll just see that closer to the time. You know, it cost us cost us nearly eight grand to supplement him, but it's hundred and fifty grand race, and if there was only going to be half a dozen in it, then. Then it mm. might be a sensible thing to do, so so we'll just mm. keep that option open. Okay, so uh, moving on, non-stop. Uh, non-stop. I don't. I don't know if he'll creep into the to the Fred Winter. That's. I think he'll get balloted out. Um, he needed to win last time to to go up another sort of five or six to sneak in, and he he didn't. Yeah. Um, Alexa Denou. Denou. Yeah, he's going to be entered in. He's entered in two races. Um, Wednesday's only a two miler. If it was soft, he'd go there. If it stays like it is, then he'll go on the Thursday in the two and a half. Yeah. Um, but but he's up to one four seven now. Ran a career best last time at um, at Newbury, second to um, Fable de Silva or something like that of Venetia's. Um, and you know he's in good nick. He's a Grade One winner over hurdles, and he 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 should be competitive. But he but he just. If it's if it's good soft, then he'll run over two and a half. If it's soft, he'll go he'll go two miles. And you know it could change three days before the meeting. Yeah, you know that's sure. you know if we have two days rain, it will suddenly go straight back because the moisture is in the ground. Mm. And of course, they're talking about another one of these east beasts from the east or whatever, aren't they? Well, like, they've been talking about that for a while, haven't they? But yeah. uh, it, it, it looks come, cold. It? No, it looks cold next week. But mm. It looks like minus three in that middle of next week. So it'll be interesting. Um, so moving on, the changing man. Yeah, he'll run in the attempts. You know, he's he's he won three on the bounce, and he's been second in his last three runs. Really consistent, improving every time. Um, looks like he'll get in, so he'll take his chance, and he he he'd have an each way chance. And he'd, he'd need to do a career breast, but he's a young horse mm. who's on an upward curve. So um, there might be some horses that are slightly better handicapped than him, but um, but he's an improver. Yeah, yeah. Warlord? Uh, it all depends whether we run this Saturday. He's in at Newbury on Saturday, but whether the ground's going to be too quick from there. If not, he, he'll go there. Um, you know, he was fourth in an arc last year. Um, 
and and it seems in good nick. So, um, uh, you know, he'd have he'd have an each way chance, but he needs to. He ran a lovely race at Weatherby last time, finished second. Um, it all depends whether we run on Saturday. Okay, um, and then on the Friday, JPR one. He'll probably go to Sandown for the Imperial Cup on the Saturday before, um, and he's one two seven, so he won't, he probably won't get in. Mm. Um, so this was just in case something happened at Sandown and it was called off or right, something. Yeah. And then he goes Sandown entry. And then uh, Scarface. Yeah, I've got him in two. I've got him in the Albert Bartlett novice and the um, and the and the boys race on Friday. Um, is, I don't think you'll get in the boys race, so we might we might well run him in the Albert Bartlett. There's also a race that you talked on the Saturday after Cheltenham, um, the next day that 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 would suit him. So, um, the the Albert Bartlett would need to cut up big time at the five day stage for us to to leave him in that. Uh, and Eldorado Allen. Yes, Allen in the Allen in the um, in the Gold Cup. He, he's had a, like, it's a real consistent season. He, you know, I don't think he can win a Gold Cup, but he could just nick a bit of third or fourth on a, on a, on a real good day. Yeah. Um, he, he, they went like the clappers in the Denman last time. They went too fast. They broke the course record, and it just set it up for a hold-up horse. Three of them took each other on, and, and, and he blew himself. So it wasn't really his running. If you go back to like the fourth in the King George, second in the Betfair... Um, he was he was placed in a Ryanair last year. He could just nick a place. Mm. And I mean, looking at the Gold Cup, I mean, obviously the the history's here, and um, Native River now obviously retired. But uh, you know, do you think Mister Mister Nichols is going to do it with his hot pot? Well, brave man's game. Uh, he's been ultra impressive. He's he's got to get three mile two around Cheltenham and get up the hill. But you know, they're they're confident. Um, the horses look mighty impressive. So. I see no, no reason why he won't. He's, you know, I, I bet they wouldn't swap him for anything. But um, mm. uh, you know, it's a gold cup. It's always ultra, it's seriously competitive, and um, something cool. There's always a spanner in the work somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how does the ground affect uh, Brave Man's game, for example? I don't know. I would. I, I don't know. You know, I, I don't know the horse well enough. But yeah, you know, they didn't run it on soft ground last year, so I shouldn't have thought they're too worried about it. No, no, quite. So. Um, what about the Irish this year? I mean, you know, they, they seem to have an awful lot of entries. Um, do you think they're going to sort of dominate again? Yeah, I think they will. I think the English have got more chances this year, and I think it's just a cycle of where the where the the best horses end up. And at the moment, they've got them. You know, they've been winning the the bumper and the novice hurdle, which then obviously they they move into the next year for the novice chasers, and the novice chasers yeah, move yeah. into the to the championship races. So. Um, so you can see why you can see why they are, but you know, Nicky Henderson's got a strong, a strong hand of horses. Paul's got a good team. You know, there's plenty of good English horses around. But that dominance, I think, the Irish dominance, could still be there for 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 another three or four years, and it won't it won't be as bad as what it was two years ago. Definitely no. not. No, I suppose you just got to get over the cycle, as you say, once they've gone through the yeah, no, that's three or four years. You know, it? you need a bit of luck buying horses, and you know they've got some big owners there at the moment that can spend a lot of money on horses and things. And you know, at the point of point fields, they seem to be buy, buying the best ones. You know, so um, that just makes it harder for us. But it, it will level itself out. You know, there's um, British horse racing is still very strong, and and it. And we've got plenty of good horses, and it will it will do that cycle, and it will be our turn again. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, a couple of other things I wanted to ask you about. I, I can't resist uh, you know, little Freddie Gingell. He's, yeah. He's doing remarkably well. Um, I mean, obviously you're biased because you're, you're his, is your uncle? Uncle, yeah, yeah and, uncle, and his yeah. godfather, yeah. So, but I mean, you, you must be impressed with the way he started his, his racing career. Yeah, he, like he's riding super, he's loving life down at pools, um, learning a lot down there with a good bunch of lads and schooling a lot and things like that, but his riding's just got better and better and he's he's doing really well. Um, he broke his collarbone last week at Taunton, so he's out for a bit, uh -huh. hoping to get back for Cheltenham, because um, he might have a ride in the boys race or the Coral Cup. Um so time will tell on that, you know. He's but he's he's out of action at the moment. He's yeah. bored stiff at home, but he's improving all the time. He's only seven, he's only just seventeen, really, and um, you know, he's he's learning every day of the week, and and he's improving every day of the week. I mean, it looks like he's got a you know a very very successful looking future. In well, the, he should the game. do. He should do. He's in the right place, and he get a lot of support from us, and um, he's the right shape and the right size. So uh, I'd be disappointed. Well, he's, and he, he proved he can. He's proven that he's he can do it. So he's only young. He doesn't need to be in too much of a hurry. Um, you know, it's only a year ago he was riding around Blackmore Vale point to point. Mm. You know, so he's 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 doing real well, and he, he's got a great chance of being something like champion amateur, um, champion conditional. Sorry, next year. Yeah, but, but I mean, you know, to to, to uh, he comes from a racing family, obviously, but, but you know, to get a, get a job with Paul Nichols as well. I mean. In terms of percentage of winners, he must be in with the best place. Well, he is, and Paul's given him his chances, and he and he's taking most of them. So, um, you know, he's he's everything's going right. He grew up with with Paul's daughter through Pony Club and all that, so he's known Paul a long time anyway. Yeah. Um, and and obviously we've known Paul and, and and that for a long time, so that was a connection. And but but Fred's still got to get on him and steer him round, and he's he's doing a good job at the moment. And what's Granddad think about it? Oh, he loves it. You know, he's. He's he's very much his grandson. He's real proud of him, you know. He's, yeah, um, so so dad's yeah, dad's real pleased with him. He's he's probably more more biased about him than I am. <laughs> I can imagine that too. But um, and the other thing was, I see Gordon Elliott's come out and he's getting very worried about this whip situation and obviously the timing of bringing it in to you know to fruition now is perhaps the worst possible time to bring it in. I would have thought because you know already we've got one that's lost Cheltenham. Um, you know, how do you see it? I mean, are you are you for it or are you against it or how how do you feel? I think that it's ridiculous bringing it in three weeks before Cheltenham. I don't. Yeah, I just I just hope that the headlines on on uh, during the Cheltenham week are not about whip issues with you know mm. the, with the Irish jockeys coming over and having to change their styles completely and, and things like. That. I just I hope I hope to God it's not it's not that. You know, a lot of work's been done on the whip, and I know there's a big review. But the this, the Pro Crush whip is, you know, it it doesn't hurt them. There's no welfare issue, in my opinion, with it at all. Um, and I don't mind there being seven or eight smacks. Um, but but this this thing about the the head height is what seems to be causing the most issue. And you know, the boys. They're they're in a driving finish and they got their technique and I mm. think if I think anybody can see if it's real bad and, and somebody somebody's seriously overstepping the mark you notice it but when there's um when there's rides that you don't even notice there being a problem and then jockeys are getting a dozen day ban that's ridiculous and I I just think they should they could have dealt with it better and brought it 
done something during the summer so the jockeys had time to adapt rather than bring it in and, and sort of highlight it just before our Olympics. Mm. And of course, well, I mean, to a certain degree, they're penalising the owners as well, aren't they? Because, you know. Well, this disqualification thing is, but that is if you seriously overstep the lines. I mean, I, I hope a jockey doesn't, doesn't do that. Um, you know, I certainly hope one of mine doesn't because there's a lot of hard work that goes in and a lot of money put into it from owners. Yeah, um, yeah. I know they need a strong enough sort of penalties so that so that jockeys don't overstep the mark. But um, you know, I don't I don't see why the owner or myself should be penalised for something the jockey did. You know, because mm. we've done all the hard work to get a horse there. Um, and I should say to my I should say to my I have said to to Brendan and to my jockeys like, you know, you go right, go right to the limit of the rules. But you know, mm. I, I don't want to be losing a race because of a because of a whip issue. No. Um, I, I just don't think it's fair on on owners of mine. Um, it's it's it, the grey areas always cause a bit of problem, don't they? Mm. And that and that's yeah. what that's what's that's what's happened. Um, and they're trying to be strict on it. I just think that they. My view, they should have brought brought it in during the summer and let the jockeys sort of adapt to it when they weren't in the spotlight of our Olympics. Yeah, and, um, yeah. And 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 you know there's there's a lot of media attention um, because you can if it goes wrong you can see what the headlines will be. Oh no, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Tom Tom Scudamore, um, you know him well, I know. Yeah. Um, were you surprised he hung up his boots? Shocked me at the time, yeah, it did, yeah. He, um, he, uh, he's a good friend of mine, you know. I'm a godparent to one of his girls. Um, I've, I've holidayed with him. I've travelled miles and miles around the country with him when we were both riding. Um, and and I was shocked, yeah, when I heard in the morning. But 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 then, you know, he had a, he had a he had a hard fall two weeks before, and he got concussed, and he just you know age catched up with everybody. It's a young man's yeah. game, yeah. and um, you know he was he's very happy with his decision. He's had an unbelievable career, you know. He's, he's been a very talented jockey for a long time. Rode a lot of big winners for us, and um, uh, fair play, he's, fair play. He's, uh, he, he come out in one piece. He's come out on his terms. He'll he'll make a good living in the media because he's a great talker and he mm. understands understands the game inside out. So um, yeah, good for him. I, I, it's nice for somebody to draw the line on their terms, you know. And he had a little bit of a scare. Yeah. And then he had that fall at Leicester, and, and that was enough for him. Yeah. I mean, did you get many bad falls in your career when you were jockeying? Well, my worst one was I broke my back, so I was out, out of action for 11 months. had two operations on it, um, so that was a big one. I was flat on my back for for a month. Um, mm. It happened at Hereford, and I went up to Oswald Street. So that was that was touch and go for a day or two, whether I was, whether I was going to walk, to be honest. But luckily the spinal cord was, was just about intact. Yeah. Um, but it's part and parcel of the game, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know, you, you do. But obviously, when you're when you're twenty to thirty, you can take them a lot easier than yeah, than yeah, when right. you're forty. Um, right. And and it catches up with people. Yeah, no, well, certainly. It, you know, as you said, really, the fact that he could do it under his terms, that's that's got to be important. Yeah, that's really. a big thing, and you know, and and decide that you stop it and stop there and then. You know, I, yeah. that's how I decided one day I wasn't going to ride, and I just you know people. Individuals up to their own, but I just think if you make your decision, then yeah. then you, then that's it. Did you find it harder? 
Did you miss the right? Yeah, of course you do. You know, it's the banter. It's the the you know, you being any professional sportsman, you're being paid a living to do something you love. Yeah. And you know, I loved what I did for eighteen years professionally, and absolutely loved every minute of it, the good and the bad, and 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 all the bits in between. So, um, he'll, everybody misses it. But, yeah. But it just yeah. you, you get stuck into the to you got to work for a living. That's what I told him. I said, now you got to work for a living. You know, you got to yeah. go and go and earn your crust. So, yeah. Um, no, he's had a wonderful time and. He'll, like, he'll, sort of, he'll be right. He'll end up on IGB, surely, won't he? I mean, just, oh, he's already, he was there the first that Saturday yeah, after he retired exactly. when he, you know, yeah. he's, he's good at that sort of thing. Yeah. Still be right. Yeah. Lovely. Well, thanks. Um, Cheers, Amy. Um, Joe, it's been good and uh, nice to see you nice and buoyant and looking forward to Cheltenham and we just got to do a rain chance now, I suppose, really. Well, that's it. We just need a drop of rain. It'll, be, um, mm. it'll just make it good for everybody. We don't need too much, but we just, just a couple of days of rain will be ideal. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Cheers, Eddie. Well, that was leading trainer Joe Tizard over at Melbourne Port. Looking forward to Cheltenham next week. And from one, relatively speaking, new trainer, we're going to flip to one who is definitely a new trainer, and that is Harry Durham. Harry was uh, assistant trainer to Paul Nichols, as I'm sure many of you will know. He's just started off um, back in uh, September, and um, we've got in touch with him to find out how things are going, and this is what Harry had to tell me. Well, good evening, Harry. Thank you very much for coming on the show again. Um, I don't know how long it was that we spoke now, but it must be must be pushing three or four months, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, good while now. Um, yeah. Thanks for having me back, though. Delighted to be delighted to be on. No, well, it's 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 good to be uh, connected with somebody that's been successful, and uh, I think that's certainly the case. Without what it overstate the case, but um, you know, how long? When was actually in your terms? When was day one from your your own training? Um, you know, your own operation? Um, I suppose proper day one was when I, the 6th of September when all my horses came in right. um, from the fields, and that was when I sort of... So, um, um, 30 runners and 7 winners so far, is that right? That's correct, yeah. That's so, correct. well, that's not a bad start for sure. No, it's, it's yeah, it's been good. Um, I'm, I'm pleased with it. I'm very pleased with how the horses are running. We've had some nice wins. Um, but the, the key word there is start, in my opinion. You know, yeah. it's a it's a good start, and that that's correct. But nobody wants to just have a good start and then not go on. You obviously <laughs> want to you obviously want to continue it and you know um, take advantage of the the bit of success we've had at the start and and keep making things happen. Really, absolutely. But I mean, I'm, it, it must be quite a tall order to you know to start from scratch. So I suppose you've got to go and get you know horse transport organised. You've got to get the stables all sorted out with all the necessary equipment, etc. I mean, a tremendous cost for a start, and, and you know, quite a, quite a, a major, I was going to say obstacle, but certainly a major task in front of you before you could really get going. Yeah, it's a huge financial cost, and and certainly without <laughs> a good, very good group of people around me, I wouldn't have been able to do it. Um, but you know, I, 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 as I said, I've got some good support, and I think obviously, you know, when when you've committed to starting, the the key thing is to get some horses, and I've been lucky to get some support from from people that were sending me horses from early on so the rest of it it was just a case of getting all the equipment and getting the getting the right things and and making it happen really and and obviously um we, paul nichols is uncle was it he is yeah, yeah. yeah. so ha, have you uh, have you had much uh, conversation with him about you know for some advice or anything or have you found the need for any advice or have you got enough on board yourself do you think 
No, I think there's never a day that goes by when you don't need a bit of advice. I speak to Paul, you know, once every week or ten days, I suppose. Um, yeah. You know, and, and if I've ever if I've ever needed a bit of advice, I've, I've obviously asked him, and you know, he's he has been an enormous help, and I'm sure he will continue to be. No, it's uh, just over a week away to Cheltenham. Uh, uh, again, if I've read this right, you've got two runners entered. I don't know if they're going to actually run or not. Sh- Shared and Bob and Co. Um, what chances they're, do you they're think? Both, they're both they're both intended runners. Um, yeah. Shared has got <laughs> to have a few come out of the Fred Winter on the Tuesday for him to get in. Um, you know, he's been a little revelation since going hurdling. He was a maiden on the flat, looked a little bit regressive, and has really progressed. He's he's taken to hurdling great, which is. Which has been which has been really nice to see. He won at Doncaster well last time. He'd have a little sort of outside each way chance, maybe you know, if the ground mm-hmm. came up dry for him and um, he took the, to the track. I can't see him being good enough to win, but he might run a nice race with a with a light weight on his back. And then Bob and Co runs in the Cheltenham Hunter Chase on the Friday. Um, he's owned by a great guy called David Maxwell. Jamie Cod will ride him, who's a top amateur in Ireland. And um, you know, I'd like to think again he'd have it. At, have an each way chance. Is is that the David Maxwell brown and red colours? That's it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I know the name. Um, so so that's something to look forward to. And I mean, you know, wow, wouldn't it be great to get a, a, a Cheltenham winner after what I don't know three months or whatever of, of training? It'd be great, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. I mean, to be honest, in my first season, having started on the twenty sixth of December, there is an element of it's going to be quite cool to be there just with runners. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's, Cheltenham's a massive, you know, it's our showcase meeting. It's the meeting where um, the spotlight is very much on horse racing. So to have a have a couple of horses go there, hopefully, will will be really exciting. And and you've got yourself a stable jockey now. Paul O'Brien. Um, and yeah. so that, you know, he's, he seems to be uh, doing the business for you as well, which is good. He's a, he's a top man, is Paul. Um, you know, he's he's a really, really talented rider. All my owners like him. He's a he's a thoroughly likable guy. He's been really loyal to me already, um, which is a you know, a huge thing to have as a as a young yard, to have a have a guy that is sort of really backing us to, to go and get the job done for him and um he's doing a superb job on the track for me. Yeah, absolutely. What are you, well, we obviously know what your aims and ambitions are is to get to to the top and I suppose if you could emulate Paul Nichols you'd be uh, You'd be pretty happy with that, wouldn't you? <clears throat> well, I think to I think to have that as a name is probably mad and probably unattainable. I mean, he's 13-time champion trainer. He's trained 3,000 national hunt winners. He's one of the greatest national hunt trainers of all time. So I'm I'm not going to set my heights that high because that would be mad. But he is obviously the standard bearer of the the sport in English racing at the moment. Um, so obviously there is an aspiration to to sort of work on his level and there's no reason why I can't have standards as high as him at the moment um, even if my horses aren't as good so you know the, the target is to, to grow the business to, to, to make the business sustainable for you know have a good team of staff have a nice group of owners and and with a good group of owners you, you'll you'll hopefully develop a, a, a group of horses that can go and win races and give some really good days out. Have you found the, uh, the lack of rain lately a bit of a problem to you generally? For me, so far, it hasn't been too bad. I've got a few good ground horses, and obviously, you know, I've not got a huge team of 150 horses to run at the moment. I've only got 20, so, you know, they're not getting in the way of each other or anything like that at the moment. Um, And, you know, there's a bit of rain forecast for the next couple of weeks, so uh, we should be fine.
And am I right in saying that you've got a, a, a sort of purpose-built um, stable yard, etc., being built for you? That's it. Yeah, it's um, you know it's in the process at the moment, and hopefully I'll be in there at the end of July, really, for ready for the for for the season for next year. And and how big is that compared to what you got now? Well, there's 20 boxes where I am at the moment. That's 45 in the other yard with, with you know, plenty of space for expansion. So, yeah. you know, the, the obviously the dream is to, to get to sort of um, a lot a lot more than 45, but that obviously has to come at the, the right rate of progression and um, when, I, when I'm when i ready for it, really. Yeah, but it's, you know, it must be it must be great sort of, you know, you started off a little small box, 20, going to be up to 40, um, you know, aspirations to go higher and you've got the scope to be able to do that. Yeah, it's it's what everyone starting out in this business dreams of, I suppose. But you know, mm. you obviously have to have good results and good people around you to to keep the horses coming through the door. And um, that, that's what I'm focusing on at the moment. I'm focusing on trying to have as as good a results I can, and um, and hopefully the the rest will follow. And as a, as a young, I say, well, you are comparatively young, but as as a newcomer to the the actual full training ranks, uh, what's your opinion on the the, the whip changes? Um, I, I believe that the whip is not a welfare issue. Um, I've I've believed that for some time. I don't think a ten stone man with a heavily cushioned um, whip can can do any harm to harm to a half done animal um, when used correctly. And I believe that the jockeys now are a very responsible group, very talented group of riders, um, and used in the responsible way. I don't think there is a welfare issue at all. So. Mm. Uh, been a little bit disappointed to see that um, we are, I, I think, in my opinion, slightly trying to please people that will never be pleased with the whip. Yeah. Um, I, I understand the sport has to stay relevant in the, this day and age, and I understand that culture is changing, but I think we should rather be going down the case of education rather than um, trying to please people that perhaps don't have a good understanding of what we are doing in the sport. And perhaps the timing of the uh, changes is not the best as well. Just coming up to Cheltenham. Yeah, yeah, it's been you know well well broadcast, and it's it's obviously unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, Harry, thank you ever so much for coming on the show again. The best of luck, especially at Cheltenham, and um, we will keep ringing you from time to time to keep up with your progress. And and you know, long may it continue to be successful as you are at the moment. Thank you very much. Appreciate your time. No, thank you. Thanks a lot. And now we're going to pop up to Lambourne and catch up with Jamie Snowden. Jamie's got three runners at Cheltenham, so here's your chance to find out what he thinks of them. Well, good afternoon, Jamie. Thanks for joining us on the show. Getting very close to Cheltenham now. How's it uh, looking from your perspective? Yeah, good, thanks, Sadie. Yeah, it's, listen, it's, um, it's exciting. It's obviously one of the greatest shows on, on earth, isn't it? And, um, you know, it's a, a great privilege to be a part of it. And, um, yeah, no, we've got, uh, we've got three three decent um decent horses heading heading there next week and hopefully uh, they've all got a chance um before we talk about the three decent horses um the weather looks as though it might be coming right for us it's certainly had a bit of rain and uh, obviously a bit of snow as well but i don't think they've had the snow at cheltenham anyway so that's that's a bit of luck yeah. anyway yeah it is we've obviously needed a, a, a bit of rain over the last couple of months it's been very dry but um we, we seem to uh, this 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 year this winter it seems to be all or nothing we seem to get uh, um monsoon periods dry period periods cold periods um it, there doesn't seem to be much sort of consistency with the with with the winter weather which um is a bit of a shame we've obviously got uh, 
ready to join the Imperial Cup, the Underground Imperial Cup on Saturday at Sandown, and there's a there's a chance it might be waterlogged. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it, from going from one extreme to the other, basically. But um, it seems that way, doesn't it? Yeah. So, um, well, well, let's talk about hydrogen assault first. Any chance you think if the weather's sensible and it's not waterlogged? Yeah, very much. Sure. He loves soft ground. He loves sand down. He loves the stiff two miles. And 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 he obviously won there earlier, earlier. Well, Jan, early Jan, wasn't it, when he won there? Yeah. Um, it, it's it's his it's his bread and butter. It's what he does best. And um, fingers crossed it is on because if it is, hope you've got a right chance. Good. Okay. Well, let's move on to Cheltenham. Um, let's. T- I mean, first of all, um, that's all right, Gino. Um, I see he's in the uh, Turner's novice chase, but he's also in the. Cheltenham Magnus Plate Handicap Chase, and I presume that's the one you're going to go for. Exactly, AD, you've got it spot on. He's going to go for the plates. Um, I won't. I won't confirm him for the Turners. He he will go for the plates. Right. Okay. And and what chance do you think? Yeah, good. He's been a really progressive horse this year. We've been campaigning him mainly over two miles, and and uh, and and he's he's been a, a a good horse over two. But we stepped him up to two and a half, and he showed a. A new level of form when he when he chased home stage start at, uh, at Cheltenham on Charles Day. Um, he's he's since finished second in the Grade Two Pendle Novice Chase at Kempton and and um, yeah, pitching him out of Novice Company and into Handicap Company for the first time. Hopefully, he goes there as an unexposed improver. Good. Okay. Um, and next up, we've got Garlor. I mean, he's again he's in the, the uh, Ryanair Chase and also the Gold Cup. I'm, I guess I'm guessing you're going to go for the Gold Cup. Well, it's a, an interesting one, that, AD. We haven't actually made a, a, a confirmed decision yet, a, fi- a finalised decision yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've, we've still got to school him and, and do his final piece of work and confirm confirm a couple of entries. Um, I'd say we might confirm him for both, but if, if all of the main protagonists stand their ground in the Gold Cup, I think we'll probably end up in the Ryanair, I should imagine. Yeah. Um, it's a bit of a shame because I wanted to go for the Grand National with him, really, mm-hmm. um, but the Grand National... To, he, he needs to finish in the first four over three miles to qualify and he hasn't yet done that he fell at the last last time out over three miles so although the handicapper put him up for that and thinks he showed improved form for stepping up to three miles he hasn't yet filled all the criteria to run in the national so um the only option would be to run him in the gold cup in order to qualify but i think uh, we might just have to put that on the back burner and perhaps go for the runner yeah, OK. And then finally, you wear it well, which I'm sure you do. Um, the, the Jack de Bromhead Mayor's Novice Hurdle, is that is that his uh, aim? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, She's obviously got a couple of other entries as well, but we're going to go for the Mayor's Novice. She's been a highly progressive mayor over hurdles this season as a novice. She's won three of her four starts. The only time she was beaten was in a grade two, sorry, grade one challenge hurdle at, uh, at Newbury when, when Hermes Allen beat her. Um, the form of that race is in, is incredibly good. Even the horse that finished fourth, one of ours, um, came out as one next time out. So um, that that's proper Grade One form. She then came out of the back of that and won a Grade Two at Sandown against her own sex, um, pretty impressively last time out. So um, she goes there in good form. She'll she'll want a little bit of softer ground over two miles, dropping back in trip. So hopefully it's all coming right for her. Absolutely. Well, certainly this bit of rain, as I said earlier, you know, it's sort of. I mean, I'm looking out the window now and it's raining here in Somerset at the moment. So, you know, we're fairly close to Cheltenham, not that far, but um, so that's that's good news, really. And it's just such an occasion, though, isn't it? I mean, everybody's primed up and raring to go now, aren't they? 
It really is. It's um, it, it's obviously you know uh, the press have really um, built it up into into uh, the sort of climax of our of, of the national hunt season. And uh, listen, you know it's a, a, a wonderful place. I'm obviously very lucky that we've, we we had a winner there with our third ever runner at the festival. And we just appreciate how hard it is to, to get good horses in into those races, let alone to go and win them. So fingers crossed for a bit of luck, and and hopefully one of our three might do the job. Well, I should be cheering them on, I can tell you that, uh, Jamie. So let, let's just hope you're right. And, you know, as I say, you have a wonderful Cheltenham. And uh, thank you very much for coming on and letting us know what you think about the horses. Not at all. Well, thanks for having me on, Eddie. Well, no problem at all. And, and as I say, good luck on, uh, well, the whole week, basically. Perfect. Great stuff. OK, thanks, Jamie. We'll speak to you again next week. Take care. Thanks, Eddie. All the best. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Well, that was Jamie Snowden up at Lambourne, getting ready for Cheltenham. Now we're going to pop across to Gloucestershire and have a chat with Richard Phillips. Let's see what he thinks is going to win at Cheltenham. Good evening, Richard. Um, I presume there's just one place you're going to pop over to today, and that'll be Cheltenham. Absolutely. Um, fantastic meeting, obviously. And this year, I think there's so many things to look forward to. Um, we can't it's like the child before Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. What's what? What's your sort of before you go through some of the races? But I mean, what's your particular standout um, wish to win? Well, I think Constitution Hill obviously looks like an absolute superstar, and in a way, it would be sad for racing if he were not to win. Mm. Um, hurdle and if he could win in a sensational way I think the great thing about horse racing it's not about people it's not about trainers jockeys owners it's about the horse yeah quite and Arthur was a superstar uh, we've had great horses like Red Rum and Desert Orchids um, Dawn Runs and it would be great to have yet another equine superstar and Constitution Hill just has this amazing aura about him. He's got a great temperament and he just switches on to being a racehorse when you want him to be. And um, But as ever, you can build them up. They are animals. Yeah. They're not machines. And that's what the expectation is. You know, could he be a great one? Um, you know, if he doesn't win the champion hurdle, it'll be disappointing for a lot of people. Not probably for the Willie Mullins or whoever might win it. But I think what we're all hoping is that is that Nicky Henderson's champion hurdle favourite is a real superstar. Yeah. Do you think he is? Yes, I do. Uh, I saw his owner, Michael Buckley, a couple of nights ago and was discussing with him. I didn't want to damp his um, enthusiasm, but um, obviously when you... <clears throat> the pressure of having a good horse like that is enormous because the expectation is great. And in, in a way, it's a worry, you know, because you don't want to let anyone down or the, the fans that have of the horse mm. but I think um, he has been sensational up to now but you just wonder I think racehorses are quite intelligent animals and sensitive and, and having a mind on him and a good brain he, he might realise he doesn't have to win by 20 legs every time so he, he might as he gets older not win by as far but the point being that uh, it'd be great if he could win and win well yeah yeah absolutely well i think we're all looking forward to that in particular but i mean there's going to be a few other things as well i mean what what else have you sort of picked out as being standout uh, opportunities well the gold cup <clears throat> again it's a fantastic race and uh, galapander champ is the favorite and he's looked exceptional really 
Um, he he started out as a handicapper, went to one of the Martin Pike conditional handicap hurdle. Some people are worried he might not get the trip, but he was certainly staying on very dourly up the hill, um, winning that race. And he was, certainly wasn't stopping as he approached the winning line when he years ago. So he looked as though he was going to win blue shot last year, miles clear, coming towards the last, and just over-jumped it away. But this year he's looked very proficient over jumps, not wasting any time or energy in the air. He looks very composed. Uh, he was pretty impressive at the Dublin Racing Festival, and Galatine de Champ is a pretty short price favourite for the, the Gold Cup uh, from the Willie Mines camp. But it's, it's no walkover. Noble Yates, last year's Grand National winner, takes him on, and this horse seems to have improved this year. He was a novice winning the Grand National. He'll be the first horse ever to win the Grand National and then win the Gold Cup. Some horses won the Gold Cup and then go and win the Grand National. But this horse would be the other way around. And again, um, something you know really to look forward to. But uh, a super race and um, the Gold Cup again is a it's, it's the blue ribbon. It's the it's the big race of the week, and it you know ends the meeting in great style. And I'm I'm hoping again it's going to be a good run. Do you think it's uh, the most competitive Gold Cup we've had for a while? I do. Um, I think there's lots of opinions uh, about the race. Um, Obviously, um, those two are just two of the horses in there that have a chance, but there's plenty of others. But Willie Mullins has a my each way fancy is Statler, who won the three mile five national hunt chase last year for amateurs, ridden by Patrick Mullins, the trainer's son. And uh, Statler has run very well this year without winning. He's been second in a couple of decent chases, and he looks as though he get every yard. Of course, one thing we've got to discuss is the going because there's yeah. once thought the ground wouldn't be soft and now it might well be on the soft side if the rains continue yeah so yeah. um but i think if it is a there's rain forecast for thursday and if it was a soft ground gold cup statler would come into the equation because you stay every yard and to win the gold cup you've got to stay mm-hmm. so uh, what else then do you fancy richard well again there's some super horses running facile vega in the supreme novices he opens the meeting he's a short price favorite although he's beaten last time out having gone too fast, too early at the Dublin Racing Festival. But Fasar Vague is a very decent horse. But one of the races of the meeting will be the Mayor's Hurdle. Um, this controversy was put into the uh, Cheltenham Festival a few years ago, the Mayor's Hurdle. And there's a Mayor's Novice Hurdle as well, and a Mayor's Chase. And of course, these are all races that um, try to promote the breed. And the Mayor's Hurdle this year looks at a great race and we still don't know the final runners but if Epitomp goes for the race um, Marie's Rock and Honeysuckle last year's champion hurdle winner if she goes to the race as well it's going to be a really great race and like a ladies Wimbledon final it'll mm. be the the greats taking each other on and I'm sure um, it's a race that all all national supporters will be looking at because um, these are real legends of their sport, each one of them. And Marisa Rock was the up-and-coming one, uh, but ultimately, two champion hurdles in Epitont and Honeysuckle. What a race! Wouldn't it be? Wouldn't it be a nice Cheltenham if, if Honeysuckle managed to win that one on her last appearance? It, <clears throat> the emotions would be flooding around. Because yeah. Henry de Bomb had had tragedy in his family. Yeah. A few months. And I think everyone in racing would be uh, cheering the rooftops if, uh, if Honeysuckle were to come and win that great race and uh, cap an, an extraordinary career.
But they, they seem to, judging by the price in the betting, they seem to have almost written her off already. Because I think I saw somewhere's 14 to 1. Well, if you can get 14 to 1, back it. Because with me, it's 9 to 4. Well, I'm sure. So, um, she, I don't know where I saw favorite. it. But... Well, she's favoured and plenty of... So that's the mayor. So you might be 14 to 1 for the champion, but she's 9 to 4 for the mayor's. Yeah, yeah. Um, she, she's... Um, She's, a, she's still in the champion hurdle, but um, very likely she'll go for the mayor's hurdle, unless yeah. anything was huge yeah. now. But she'd be one of the favourites, but plenty of, of Epitonk fans. Of course, Epitonk is stepping up to two and a half miles. Uh, she's won over that trip, and she is in great form this year. She looks to be back to her best. Uh, after winning the champion hill before, she sort of went off the ball a bit, but now she looks back, but she's been staring at the backside of Constitution Hill uh, early in the season, so she'll be relieved to be going it uh, amongst horses that she has a real chance against. Because I don't think she could beat Constitutional, but she could well win the mayor's hurdle. Uh, and, and looking at it, you know, generally, I mean, do you see the the, the Irish having a, 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 a well, almost a, que a clean sweep or not? I mean, or the English going to sort of fight back this year and, and maybe overcome them? Well, who knows? But uh, that's the great thing about. Can, so many things can go right, but so many things can go wrong, and it doesn't matter what country you're trained in, things have to go right yeah. when uh, at Festival. And um, so many good horses just are unlucky in running, etc. But Nicky Henderson could have a great week. Uh, mm. Shishkin runs in a run there. He looks a superstar. And by the way, he came back at Ascot the other day. He's now stepping up in trip. That looks to be the answer to him. So he runs in the Ryanair. He's odds on favour to win that. But and he could well go for the Gold Cup next year. But Shishkin, again, could be one for the Brits. Um, and Nicky Henderson's got plenty of others yeah. uh, that have chance in the week. Well, it would certainly be nice for the English to win anyway, after last year and the year before when the Irish were, you know, knocking everything in front of them down. So, uh, yeah. Any others then, uh, Richard? Plenty of other good horses running. Uh, Jerry Colomb is my um, tip for the meeting. In uh -huh. fact, in the advisory, he's he's the one I'm looking forward to because I think he could win the Gold Cup in the future. He's unbeaten and he won point to points and bumpers. And he won the Silly Isles Novices Chase at Sandown last time out over two and a half miles. Some weren't that impressive in that day, but he really does want three miles. He looks a, a real chaser in the making. As I say, unbeaten and it comes in the Gordon Elliott camp and he's favourite for the Brown Advisory and I think pretty well fancied. So there's so many nice horses that could be w running at this festival, like Fastel Vega, like Jerry Colomb, like Mighty Potter, mm. another Gordon horse, favourite for the Turners. And of course, we've got the Arkle Chase, which is a fantastic race this year. And uh, John Bond goes for that, another Henderson fancy. So um, against Fabiolo of Willie Mullins, they're sort of joint favourites at the moment. There's so many races there that are so potentially good yeah. and so many nice horses that could potentially come back from the festival after festival and real be superstars so that's what we're really looking forward to and it's nice to have a bet at the festival but it's nice to see that every race matters yeah quite and, and you know hopefully every race is safe as well that's that's another big thing to, to think about you know. yeah i'm very lucky i'll be there every day uh, soaking up the atmosphere and uh, no doubt being told 12 to 14 different horses for different races <laughs> to win yeah. and um, if, I, if I come out level I've had a great week yeah yeah quite 
I think I think it's, the answer is personally. I think there's, there's each way for a lot of them because you know there's some decent horses around at decent prices. So uh, yeah, you know. Well, you mentioned Dashiell Drasher. Yeah. Because that's a horse I back each way in the stairs hurdle myself. I'm not one for backing anti-post, but that horse has been running really well all year over fences and over hurdles. And yeah. uh, it, the stairs hurdle is a real competitive race this year. That the Irish have got a real good set of cards for that uh, race, including Tia Poo and Blazing Carl and very, very Irish challenge, but it looks a great race, but I think Dashiell Drasher um, could well be uh, a 33-1 to 1 shot that runs a big one. Yeah, of course he's a local horse to us as well, so Jeremy Scott is uh, not far from here. <laughs> So, um, yeah, let's hope you're right. So, right, thank you, Richard, for that. Um, I'm sure that uh, there'll be a few winners out of what you've just told us. It's just a question of picking on, picking on which one, really, isn't it? Absolutely, as uh, ever, it's always a case of uh, making the right selection. But, yeah, uh, yeah. whatever horse you back at Cheltenham, it'll be a good horse. Yeah, absolutely. And he'll be trying. And that's the thing. OK, sir, well, thank you very much for that. We'll, we'll speak to you again next week. Oh, and now from uh, Gloucestershire and Richard Phillips, we're going to catch up with Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Well, good evening, Dave. Are you getting all excited for Cheltenham? Yes, we're getting there, and uh, hopefully we're going to get the defined runners soon with more than one entry per horse being permitted again, and... You don't know where they're going to run the horses until the last minute. It does really uh, mm. distract the idea of things, but there you go. So, uh, But we're, we'll be there by Monday or Tuesday, and we'll be rearing to go. Good man. So what have you got for us this week, then, on the old Lucky 15? Well, we're, we're going to have a look at two at Sandown in hope that the meeting's on. It's only 50-50, as far as I'm aware at the moment, with the ground being absolutely bottomless up there, as it's said at the moment hopefully they're going to get some drying weather over the next day or two to yeah. get the track into a great condition but it, as I say it's 50-50 at the moment but we can only go with what we've been given okay. and we've got two up at air for you as well so we'll start with the two at Sandown All right. and the first one is going to be in the 150 and it's going to be our old mate Henri the second Harry Cobden taking a ride for Paul Nichols. he bolted up over course and distance back in December on very, very testing going. And he wasn't disgraced in his last two runs either, but the thing we noted is he got picked off by Picar at Warwick, uh, but it was on good ground, not the ground that Henri II is going to be facing up at Sandown, which is going to be very testing, which is what he likes. So uh, we're going to side up with him. He's priced up at 8-1 at the moment, which is a, a massive price with five places on offer. So uh, I think that's well worth having a... A uh, little tickle on him and opening the lucky 15 up with Henri the second in the 150 at Sandown. Okie dokie. Moving down the card to the 225, again keeping it local, we're going with Metier. Uh, Sean Bowen takes a ride for Harry Fry. Is uh, a very soft ground, heavy ground specialist, is Metier. And he won the Tolworth back, uh, back in January 21 over Colworth, course and distance and uh, that was on very soft going, and uh, Harry's been very patient with him this year. He's, he's given him a couple of runs on the flat. He, he bolted up at Doncaster in a flat race, and he's had a run out at Kempton on the all-weather track up there last time out, uh, obviously because Harry's not been able to find soft going at the moment to get a run into him. Now, he's had two runs on the flat, one 
at a run where we pulled up behind a horse called Constitution Hill. Well, he is quite 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 good, really. Mm. So I'm not too bothered about him putting up behind Constitution Hill. But he's got everything in his favour in the 225 there at Sandown on Saturday. So we're going to side up with Messier. He's priced up again at 10 to 1 with five places on offer. And I'll be absolutely gobsmacked if he's not in the first five. Okay, so yes. second leg. Fair enough. Marty ho The third one, we're going up to air, the 320. And the horse that I like here is one called Kilbrainy. Now, he is a maiden. He's had about nine runs to date. And he is not one, but he's going to be ridden by Jamie Hamilton. And he's trained by Mrs. Thompson. Now, she's a very, very shrewd trainer, and she knows how to get a horse ready, believe me. Now, he's threatened on a couple of occasions, and last time out, he was actually ridden by Harry Cobden, which, for a Scottish trainer to get Harry Cobden to ride the horse, she must like his chances, and it was in a big race up there behind Coral Blue. Now, he has finished second, only got beat a length and a half behind half shot at Musselburgh back in November. And I think this horse is going to take a big step forward here in this race uh, up at air. Now, he's priced up around about 11 to 2, and we're going to add him into our each way lucky 15 as our third leg. So that's Kilbrainy in the 320. Rightio. Now, moving down to the 355, we're going to have a horse here called Cash to Ash. Just trying not to get me tongue tied up with him. Again, he's uh, a horse that's not often in the winner's enclosure, but he's a 10-year-old. He loves to go in. Again, he's going to be ridden by Jamie Hamilton, but this time he's trained by Mark Walford. And he's got some form on the go in and at the track that really looks good. He, he, he run Big River behind, uh, six lengths before, and he, he's been second to City Ishmael. He only got beat three and three quarters back in. 2021 in on Boxing Day, so the horse has got some very good form for this level of race, which is only a class three. So we're going to add him in, and he's priced up, as I say, around about 13 to two, six to one sort of price. So he fits in nicely with our each way lucky 15 this week. So uh, that's cash to ash in the 355 to fill the fourth spot, and I'm lucky 15 for you. Okay, Dave, lovely job. Thank you very much. And uh, I hope you'll thaw out a little bit after your trip to Wincanton today. Yes, hopefully uh, off to Exeter for Friday and uh, see what the ground produces up there. It's good, good to firm at the moment, but I can't believe it's going to stay like that overnight with the amount of rain that come down since I've left Wincanton. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely flooded the 303 coming, coming home there. So I would imagine that... The going is probably going to change from good, good to firm at Exeter to good, good to soft yeah. during the course of the evening. So uh, we'll have to have a look out there. All right, mate. Well, thank you very much for that. And we'll speak to you next week, OK? Will do. Well, that was Dave Wilson from Harlequin Racing. Next up, we've got Simon Holt from The Sporting Life. OK. Well, good morning, Simon. Uh, great to have you on the show again. Um, weather a bit sort of inclement really don't quite know what we're going to get next but uh, hopefully it's not going to affect too much racing but i gather there's potentially a threat to Sandown tomorrow in the imperial cup well there is there's an inspection about, going to take place uh, tomorrow morning saturday morning um there's been a lot of rain obviously they raced actually early in the week and that would have opened up the ground a good deal i imagine yeah and uh, conditions are going to be testing and there is a, 
quite a, a, a low uh, temperature forecast overnight. It's going to get into uh, minus figures overnight. So I think they're going to have to have a look, and um, obviously they'll do their best to get it on. But, but if it goes ahead, it's, it's sure to be really testing conditions. And one horse who I think that will really handle those conditions is a playful saint in the Imperial Cup, the Betfair uh-huh. Imperial Cup. Yeah. Uh, this horse absolutely relishes deep ground. I saw him win at Leicester just after Christmas, and the conditions that day on the hurdles course were almost unplayable, really. And yeah. despite having 12 stone, he, um, he strode to victory very easily by 12 lengths. And on a previous start at Sandown, same course and distance, he was second to that good mare, Love Envoi. So I think this is quite a progressive horse. Harry Skelton in the saddle. Skelton's going very well at the moment, ahead of Cheltenham next week. And um, I think he's got a, a pretty big chance, albeit obviously in a very competitive race. Yeah. Any other, um, anything to look out, uh, anything else to look out for at Sandown? Well, I'm going to put up a horse in the last race called Keep Wondering, trained by Philip Hobbs. Um, and this horse was third over three miles on the Sandown course on good ground just over three weeks ago behind a well-handicapped Irish challenger. And the second Your Own Story, trained by Lucinda Russell, has won since. And I think three miles just stretches him a little bit. His best form has come at slightly shorter than that. And with cut in the ground, and I thought that was an indication that he was coming into some form. He's not badly handicapped, and I think that his guaranteed stamina over two and a half miles in this handicap chase uh, could really come into play. So if he runs the same sort of race or runs a little bit better than that, you know, he could take a bit of stopping, I think, from the final fence with that guaranteed stamina. So I'm going to put him up, and hopefully he'll be a a reasonable price um, for the Philip Hobbs team. Okay, so everybody's getting worked up about Cheltenham. Obviously, it's only two or three days away. Um, obviously, there's there's you know doubt about some horses running. There's not doubt about others. What 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 do you fancy that uh, you think is running? Well, yes, we 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 haven't had the final. Um, we haven't had the decorations for the Tuesday yet. That will take the uh, 48-hour decorations. That'll be Sunday. Mm. Uh, so it's still a little bit of a question mark over. Um, obviously we know pretty well what's going to run in the champion hurdle on the first day and it's this fascinating clash between Constitution Hill and the Willie Mullins trained State Man uh, Constitution Hill has looked an outstanding horse so far but State Man is improving as well um, it's probably a race really to watch I mean I, I actually was quite impressed down your neck of the woods with um, I like to move it yeah. the King will love I yeah. thought he was very impressive I mean it's a big ask that he's going to go and beat um, uh, or, um, or State Man. But I can see him running well. He won the Great Wood Hurdle on the course earlier in the season. He's, he's a progressive horse. And um, I wouldn't put people off having a little bit each way, but, but is he just racing for third place? You know, it's, yeah. um, it's, it's, it's a difficult one. Um, but I, I could see him running well. But it, it looked a, a, a race really to just um, enjoy and watch. You know, we've got mm. the clash and in um, the Arkle, of course, between John Bon and El Fabiolo, who were separated by a very small margin at Aintree last April, and both have won all three of their races this season. Um, 
John Bond was a little bit unimpressive last time out at Warwick, wasn't he? But they felt that he probably needed the run a bit and he had a good blow after the race. He'd been very convincing in his jumping previously, particularly when he won at Sandown. But El Fabiolo, he probably hasn't been quite as foot perfect, but he's a very talented horse. And uh, I think that too is going to be a very exciting clash there. Uh, with possibly Dysart Dynamo also for the Willie Mullins team uh, likely to set a very strong pace that, that could be one of the highlights of the week I think um, and um, just one more on the Tuesday I was having a look at well it's the almost impossible juvenile handicap hurdle but um, again the, the skeletons have got quite a nice horse in that called Punta del Este who I thought shaped well on his British debut at Haydock in the uh, Victor Ludorum hurdle, finishing third to triumph hurdle candidate Bozen. And uh, he was a bit rusty over the first two or three flights, but he warmed to the task. And I thought he shaped with a lot of promise. And um, I think it's a, it will be a better move to run in the juvenile handicap hurdle than run him in the triumph hurdle, for which he's also entered. And I thought he's got a weight of 10 stone 10 at the moment. Depends what stands stands its ground. The weights could go up a little bit Um but uh, nevertheless, I don't think he looks too badly handicapped. He looks a horse of um, quite a lot of ability. He won a, a race in France at Cannes uh, last December, in December, um, by a very easy seven lengths. And, um, he, he, you know, I was quite taken with him in mm. the race at Haydock. He looked <clears throat> grand type. And what about the, uh, the, the Gold Cup, the big race? Well, there we are. I mean, moving on to the Gold Cup, it, it, um, it, it really, I think, pivots on whether Galapin Deschamps is going to get home strongly enough. Um, I mean, he's a little bit unproven. I mean, he's, he, we know that he gets three miles, and he wasn't stopping at the end of the race at Leopardstown, the Irish Gold Cup last time out, where he beat Statler by eight legs. I mean, he looks a hugely uh, talented horse, doesn't he? And uh, I was quite impressed at Leperstown with the way he was settled in, in some of his races last season. He was a, a little bit of a firebrand and he would take a strong hold, but I thought at uh, Leperstown he settled very well. I think if he gets the trip, he's going to take an awful lot of beating. I think he's um, quite clearly the, the best horse in the race. Um, the big one on ratings up against him, or two of them really, are Brave Man's Game, who of course won the King George, a very fine performance indeed. He certainly wasn't stopping at the end of three miles round Kempton. The three and a quarter miles round Cheltenham does pose another question. And then you've got last year's winner, Absolute Tard, who's only run the once this season when pulling up in the Betfair chase. But we know he's a really good horse. And, you know, he was a very impressive winner of the race 12 months ago. Um, a little bit of a, a doubt whether he's going to run up to that form, but um, he's the other real smart horse in the field, I feel. I mean, <clears throat> we've got three sort of giants, as it were, in, in Ireland. Willie Mullins, uh, Henry de Bromhead and um, Cordelia. Of, of the three, who do you think has got the most uh, ammunition, shall we say? Well, for the week, undoubtedly Willie Mullins. And yeah. um, it's just a, quite a formidable task force. Uh, Henry de Bromhead's horses have been a little bit in and out this season, a little bit becalmed. Uh, Gordon Elliott is bound to have winners. I would have thought I'd be particularly interested in some of his in in some of the handicaps. You, you know, he's he's quite successful in those. Um, I do fear, uh, from a, a British point of view, not that it bothers me that much whether 
Ireland have more winners than British horses. I do fear that the Irish are going to dominate during the week quite a bit. Yeah. There are some home hopes, though. I mean, we've got, as I said, Constitution Hill. There's John Bond in the Arkle. There's Shishkin in the Ryanair chase. I mean, he should take some beating if he hasn't, uh, hasn't or doesn't bounce after his race at Ascot. He's had a month to get over that. He was very impressive on that form. He must take a lot of beating yeah. in the um, Ryanair chase. And again, slightly down your way, I think that Time Hill must have a pretty good chance in the three-mile novice chase. I mean, he's run very well at the festival in the past. He was second to Flooring Porter last year in the Stayers Hurdle. And he was impressive at Kempton over Christmas. And I think uh, the ground, which looks likely to be on the soft side, will suit him. And I think he's got a real sporting chance in that uh, Brown Advisory Novices chase. I suppose the only other thing to talk about in Cheltenham, we, we just got to hope that it's it's the racing and not the p potential disqualifications that are going to be the, the main talking point after the meeting. Oh, yes. I mean, this does threaten to cast a bit of a cloud mm. over the meeting. Um, you know, it, 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 in the past, over the decades, you know, the, the whip transgressions transgressions. I can't say that properly. Which is early. A bit <laughs> the whip transgressions have tended to occur when there's most at stake, you know, yeah. i.e. In, in big races and um, you know, the jockeys are going to be all out to try and win next week and um, there is going to be a real test of their discipline. Yeah. stay within the rules and it's not just the number of strikes but it's also hitting the horses in the correct place yeah, and yeah. also keeping their arm below shoulder height I mean it was extraordinary this week that Brian Hughes the champion jockey has got a ban yeah. for hitting his horse once in a race but that one strike was slightly above shoulder height I mean it's the really severe very strict rules yeah, yeah. and let's just hope that um the meeting isn't marred. We won't know about the suspensions if there are any suspensions during the meeting. Right, it'll be afterwards. Uh, then, yeah. The yeah. Committee, sits, committee sits on the Tuesday, so they'll sit down on the following Tuesday. So mm. there won't be any publicity, detrimental publicity during the week in that respect. Yeah, yeah. But the, the dread one, though, is the disqualification. And, and yeah. I just that this is... Um, I'm not saying that it's easy to find a deterrent to stop jockeys using their whip too much in the highest level races where there is so much yeah. um, up for grabs. But I just think the disqualification is uh, it, it, it's just too hypothetical for me that, that a few extra strokes of the whip would make the difference and in the case of a clear winner a horse that's won clearly decisively and is easily the best horse in the race it just doesn't seem to meet the fairness test to me that a horse would be disqualified in those circumstances but uh, you know that's that's that will also uh, be decided you know after the meeting if a jockey has exceeded the um the whip allowance they're allowed four above so any jockey that hits a horse 11 times um, his horse could be subject to disqualification. Mm. Uh, the other, the other flaw in these whip rules, I think, is that uh, they don't really take into account how hard some jockeys appear to hit a horse. Um, and even though the whip is a, is as the chief executive of the BHA said, it's 
not a welfare issue because the pro Kush whip um, is is not a is nothing like the whips of old. Obviously, the horse feels it. Otherwise, there wouldn't be much point in using it. But mm. it, it isn't really a significant welfare issue, and uh, it's more of a cosmetic issue, really. And um, I think personally that uh, while there was a big consultation, and the, the jockeys do need to try and ride within these rules, well, they have to now. Uh, I do think that the, the whole issue is slightly overblown and does smack of pandering to a, a minority of people who don't like it and will probably never really get uh, interested in racing. That's a bit of a generalisation, perhaps some would, but I think generally it mm. is a slightly overblown issue and um, and uh, certainly most people who support the game you know, have supported this, the sport for a long period of time. I don't think it's something that really worries them too much. But no, on the other but what I would also say is I, I, for one, don't like to see overuse. I don't think that there's any benefit, really. As I say, it's hypothetical. Mm. It's the degree to which having a few extra strikes makes the difference. Um, but I, equally, I don't like to see a horse over, the whip overused on a horse I, I, because simply I don't think it's necessary. I think that, um, it, it, you know, six or seven strikes should be more than enough during the course of a, of a sequel chase or a flat race. But presumably the, the the Irish jockeys are going to be more at risk in in the context that they're they're not quite the same rules in Ireland, are they? No, and this is really where it's so difficult for um, it's difficult for all the jockeys who are going to have to deal with this after um, a relatively brief period of preparation. And of course, the Irish riders uh, do have different. There are different rules in Ireland, and. Um, Particularly with the way they use the whip again, you know, hitting the, the horse in the right place, yeah. um, and also not raising it above shoulder height, and that, that is going to present a real challenge to them. And of course, you know, this meeting they've been building up for this meeting for so long. There's such a big sort of build up, and everybody is excited, everybody is tense, yeah. everybody is very ambitious to enjoy success next week. So it's going to be um, very difficult, I think, for the riders and a real test of their professionalism, I think. Well, I couldn't have put it better myself, Simon, but you're a journalist, so I wouldn't expect anything different <laughs> from you. <laughs> so, uh, OK, well, thanks for that, Simon. Um, and obviously, um, we're all getting excited about it. Let's hope we don't have any controversy at all and just uh, uh, four days of, of top-class racing, basically. That's what we all want. It is. It's a brilliant <clears throat> race meeting. I just love it to bits. It's the highlight of my year, and um, I can't wait for it, to be honest. Yeah. Okay, Simon, well, thank you very much for that, and uh, we'll no doubt speak to you again soon. And now, as the expression goes, the last word on Cheltenham from the inevitable Colin Brown. Well, good morning, Colin. Nice of you to join us. Ah, it's a pleasure. How are you? Oh, yeah, you know, all right, I guess. Good. Yeah, yeah. As, as your local club, Yeovil Town, how's all that going? Well, we've got a new new owners now, and everybody's full of enthusiasm. Um, Good. I've got a, an appointment lined up to do an interview with the new owners very shortly. Yeah, no, he's a nice guy. So anyway, we hope. Good. And we hope they're gonna. They've got the, you know, the welfare of the football club at heart because that's what it's all about. It's a very, very yeah. passionately uh, supported football club in the area. And um, we've, yeah, no, had, we've had a bucket full of 
you know what lately and uh, it's, it's nice to get somebody that's at least thinking about the football club rather than his pockets so um, yeah. there we go there we go good yeah. oh, that's right yeah. well racing the weekend we've got Hereford off because of snow and yeah. airs on but the weather has been terrible out of the north so yeah. uh, and then I'm going to stand down Parker thing on Saturday so hopefully that'll be on yeah. but uh, no, it's, a, it's a tough one but listen we do have Cheltenham next week and I think uh, you're going to be doing a little programme every night aren't you Eddie? I think I am yeah with some bloke called Colin Brown I don't know who he is but um, supposedly he knows a bit about horses but we'll see as if he turns up on time you never know do you? no no timekeeping <laughs> okay media will play louder I beg your pardon there we go who was that? <laughs> that that was Siri just being rude to you actually oh uh, was it yeah okay you know yeah yeah that's right. all Okay, well, let's get stuck in then, shall we? Well, okay, well, at Wolverhampton, mm -hmm. I'll tell you the time of the race in a minute, but there's a horse running called Angel Blur that won the pre Criterium International Group when with Frankie aboard at Sun Clue, October 2021. And he turns up at Wolverhampton for the Wolfruna Stakes, which is a listed race to qualify for the uh, fast track um, qualifier on your weather. Unbelievable, really. He's yeah. run about three to one, you know. This horse should win, um, no doubt about it. Finished four lengths behind Bayed at um, Goodwood, but has been off for quite a while. But, um, you know, uh, Beckett's horse are normally pretty fit, and it's probably got Berkshire Shadow to beat. But Angel Blur for me, top rated, and should take the uh, 440 at Wolverhampton. Or even the 240. Or even the 240 at Wolverhampton. Yeah, I don't know why I said 440. I was looking at the four, you know, 1440. Yeah. So, so maybe, maybe he's going to run in two races, the 240 and the 440. Uh, well, that, that has happened in the past, long yeah. as more than an hour in between races, but I don't think that's allowed anymore. But I've known horses turn up, win the first, and then, you know, finish second in the second or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, time's yeah. moved on. Okay, so that's the first uh, choice then. What else have we got at Wolverhampton? Anything else? We haven't got anything else. That's the one I really fancy. I think that's the best on the card at Wolverhampton. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, right, what is... We're up at um, Air next. Okay. It's pretty good racing at Air. I mean, you need to just keep a bit of an eye if it's going to be on because we've had a lot of snow up there and some of the roads have been closed. So... It doesn't say anything as we speak, uh, pre-recording-wise, that um, it's not going to be on. Anyhow, in the first race, the 135, it's a novice hurdle. Um, Donald McCain always does well up here. He's got a horse that's rated 103. Um, they're not rated, but it's a winner of a bumper for Stuart Crawford a couple of years ago. It's called Barnabas Collins. And Brian Hughes rides it. And I'd say it'll take a bit of beating there today. Okay. Um, Radio, as we move on through the card, I'm just uh, looking at horses I marked up and making sure, you know, so I think the grounds are going to be quite testing there. Um, there's a horse that's been impressive at Musselburgh twice this year. It's called Massini Man. He runs in the 245. He's a horse that's trained by... Uh, a fellow called Thompson, he knows his way about, he's you know, had quite a few runs and he's pretty consistent and I think he'll probably take the beating in the 2.45, should I say, 
Arts Air, and it's called Messini Man. Okay. Right, we are going to go to Sandown Park then. Okay. And it is Sandown Park. The Imperial Cup Day is so. Any horse that wins the Imperial Cup goes on to win a race at Cheltenham next week. There might be a few that are doubly declared. Um, they'll pick up a big bonus. I won it a few years ago. It was the year before the bonus, so that was a bit of a nuisance because oh. probably cost me about three grand. And, um, oh, that sounds about your, lo- your luck level, really. Yeah. 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 It does. Yeah. Anyhow, good, good old racing there. Um, what wins the first? <clears throat> right, what wins the first? There's a horse that won at Sandown December. It's called Penna Rossa. Uh, before that, it was fourth in a decent race in Frogwell. Um, this is going to be quite hard groundy, and it's going to be pretty tough to get through. And I think Penna Rossa will take the beating. Um, Spirit d'Anjou will be the favourite, but it's been winning on sort of pretty decent ground at places like Ludlow and Huntington, where often the ground is pretty good. Um, and I think uh, I think this horse, as it's actually been there, done it one on the track. Uh, Penarossa could, um, you know, be, be quite well in off of 107. So that's the horse I'm going to give you. And the one and the 115 Penarossa. Okay. I suppose right, the trouble is yeah. most of the good horses are being kept kept back for Cheltenham now. <clears throat> well, I suppose they are, but you've got to be pretty good to go to Cheltenham. So. There are plenty of runners here at Sandown Park, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty competitive. It really is. Um, and there's a very good horse running, I think, in the um, second race, the National Novices Handicap. It's a premier uh, handicap. It's worth 80 grand. There's a horse trained by Fergal O'Brien. That's in the 150. It's called Crambo. Um what a banger last about pulled up at Newbury behind Erme Allen, who I think will go close next week uh, at Cheltenham in the Ballymore. But this horse has won four out of his five races, um, and I think he was. I think he's pretty good. I think he'll take a bit of beating. So Crambo ran about seven to one in the one fifty. Okay. At, at um, uh, Park. So, um, I expect I expect we've had a few meetings off this week. I bet Mary will be getting a little bit fed up, not be able to sort of get a cap on and go on a bike down the betting office, don't you? Yeah. Because um, we've had a couple of days where we've lost a few meetings, but they're back on now, Mary. So you'll be able to, like, you know, go down and get a couple of tins of gin and tonic and go in the betting office, come back, put your feet up and watch the racing on Saturday. So that would be... That would be good. And the Imperial Cup now, um, LED, is off at 2.25. And the top weight here is also called Metier. And it's trained by Harry Fry. And it's not without a chance. It's a horse that, um, it's a horse that um, really loves the very soft ground. But um, Harry Fry's got a couple of runners in it. He's also got light leaf squeeze as well. There's a very competitive race. You've got Sandown winner, Give Vega, who's out of the mare. That's a half-sister to Quivega. Um, beautifully bred. I mean, as you go through, it really is 
a tough old race. But Metier, if he gets his ground, you know, he should really take a bit of beating. You know, he won a good race um, on the flat. In fact, it was the November handicap on the final day of the flat season when the ground was bad. So I'm going to go Metier about 10 to 1 um, with the possible so main danger being a horse called Vega. So they're 10 to 1 and 8 to 1. Put them in the reverse exacto. Pay a few quid if they came off. That's the 225 the Betfair Imperial Cup. Well, just before you leave it, uh, our yeah. correspondent, as we call him, Jamie Snowden, he's got Hardy de Sol in the race. 14 to 1 with Gavin Sheehan on board. And he is okay. quite boyish about that one. So, uh, yeah, just mentioning it. Is he? Yeah, he is. Don't you mean... Don't... Do you mean bullish, not boyish? Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe I do. Yeah, maybe a bit of both, actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, a bit of boyish, bullish. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But, uh, we yeah, get he's, he thinks he's got a very good job. So, there you go. You can't say I keep these tips to myself. I keep them, I let you Absolutely. know. Yeah. No, thank you, thank you, thank you. That's right, all right. I'll tell you what, then, in, that's fine. in the listed um, Mayor's Open National Bumper, it's also called Larchmount Lass. It's trained by Paul Nichols. It was second at Wincanton. No, no second at Ascot, then third at Wincanton. Probably in quite a nice race. Um, and I think it must have a good chance. Larchmont Lass, it's called. Number six. Okay. At three o'clock there at Sandown. Uh, what else we got there? Uh, we've got a novice handicap chase, quite competitive. Lack to Constance, five to one. Easy as that. Uh, Venetia Williams runs one here. It has won at Newcastle and Haydock, where the ground has been soft. And I would say it will probably um, get the hat trick up. It's called Easy as That in the 335 at Sandown Park. So, okay. yeah, that'll, that'll do me. I'm not putting up any more horses for Saturday. Well, we've got to keep our powder dry and uh, yeah. keep everything going until. We get to uh, Tottenham next week. We have indeed. We have indeed. Okay, Colin, thank you very much indeed for that. And uh, obviously we'll, we'll be talking um, early next week anyway, obviously uh, doing our Cheltenham yeah. preview, so that's good news. Absolutely. So we'll look forward to that, and let's hope we have a good week. Yeah, okay, speak to you soon then. Thank you very much indeed. We'll do. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, that's Colin Brown bringing to an end this week's show. Uh except to say that uh, we should be back on Monday night at 7 o'clock, same time, same station, um, when we will have a full preview of the first day's racing at Cheltenham with both Colin Brown and Dave Wilson. So hopefully we can pick a few winners for you there. But in the meantime, have a good weekend, and uh, we'll speak to you again on Monday. So thanks for joining us. Bye for now. <laughs> Thank you.